Welcome to The Social Workers radio talk show on WCDB Albany 90.9 FM with co-hosts Dr. Eric Hardiman and Alyssa Lopmore. Here at The Social Workers, we address issues important to our communities with social work students, alumni, and community partners as our guests. As part of the University at Albany School of Social Welfare, we hope to take social work beyond the classroom and agency settings and directly to the public because the public is the client. Catch us on air, online, and anytime. Welcome to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany. My name is Eric Hardiman, and I'm here with Alyssa Lotmore. Welcome back, Alyssa. Hey, Eric. We're going to be having a really exciting guest coming on in a few minutes. But first, we're going to chit-chat for a little bit, which is different than our normal way we start the show, but it is here different. we go. <laughs> it is different. And why are we doing things different? Why are we changing all of a sudden? Because it's the 10 year mark of the Social Workers Radio Talk Show. Can you believe it? 10 years of this show here on WCDB Albany, 10 years of the social workers, different hosts over the years, some con- some continuous threads, some threads that have changed, but but a remarkable run of 10 years. And it's really exciting to be part of the show. And I think together we have kind of conceptualized what, what we're talking about is a reboot of the show. And, and we're saying that not to say that there's going to be drastic changes, but to, that there's going to be some changes around the margins and some, you know, slight uh, improvements, hopefully some bigger improvements down the road, but to really change to, you know, inject some new energy, if you will, into the social workers. So I'll give you a little hint. Well, actually, I'll say our next guest uh, who will be on in a few minutes is the founder, I should say, of the Social Workers Radio Talk Show. Catherine Zox brought the show here 10 years ago. I began co-hosting in about 2013, and we've done so much since then, and I can't believe it's been 10 years, but just the way that we have engaged the student body that we have connected with our alumni or community partners to really have this be both that educational tool and a resource to the community. And it's just evolved so much. And I'm really excited to have Catherine talk a little bit about the history of the show. Yeah, I think this next phase of the show, the next phase of the social workers is going to be tremendously exciting. And, you know, you'll hear about it in this episode with Catherine a little bit because she actually asked us some questions. She kind we of should have expected that from a radio host, shouldn't she we? She's yeah. a seasoned radio host and a, you know, a role model for both of us. And, you know, she mentored you and she certainly inspired me over the years. And but, you know, I think you're going to as listeners, you will expect hopefully and 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 get, you know, a new, improved, revised, you know, newly energized, re-energized version of the social workers uh, show here on WCDB. So we're excited to see what that brings and lots of changes. But this first very first episode is special to us because Catherine Zox, as you put it, Alyssa, was the original host of the show. She continues to host her own podcast nationally and, you know, really has a very, very um, distinguished career as a, you know, as a radio announcer, as a podcast host, as a producer, uh, as a social worker. And so it's great to hear about what she's achieved, but it's also great to hear about her connection to this very program. No, it's really exciting. And a little background about me. I began working in the school setting uh, after I graduated from the university. And I just, after four years, I was getting a little frustrated. I loved working with the kids, but I was doing so much macro work and I was always focused on, I'm sorry, sorry, micro work. I was always focused on that clinical aspect. And I was like, we need some change. We need to get resources out there to the public. So when I came to the university and I spoke with uh, Catherine Breyer Lawson, who was the Dean at the time, she's like, we don't have a position yet for you, but why don't you help out with this radio show? That's, you know, kicking off. They're looking for a new co-host. So I did that and I was able to see, and it was able to fill that, that void that I had for how do I make a macro level change? How do I get resources out to the community members? How do I let other people know what's offered and about the issues that are going on? And that radio show for me at the time when I was so frustrated, feeling like I was 
in this micro setting where students were falling through the cracks and family were, were falling through the cracks and no one knew about services. This show was something that got me through that and energized me about the social work profession again. And how do I look at, maybe look at advocacy differently. Yeah. So that's why I'm thrilled to still be involved with this show 10 years later, because it did have such an impact in my life, especially, like I said, what I was going through saying, am I getting frustrated with social work just because I was frustrated with my, my job at the time to say here, no, this re-energized me. And I'm hoping that this show connects with others in a way that allows them to really understand social work and keep that passion. So Alyssa, that's a great introduction to your relationship to the program. Can you tell listeners a little bit about your role here at the school? I, my role has evolved and changed throughout the years. I started as the assistant director for the undergrad program, really working with field placements. And I love that. But again, I missed that advocacy piece and ability to connect. It was something like I was working with students. I loved it. I was working with field partners, but I was like, I really want to get our message out there more because I was involved with the radio show. And I'm like, I still want to get the message out there more and more and more. So that's now I became the assistant to the Dean for communications and engagement where I'm doing social media platforms. I'm helping to write news stories. I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing other, I'm out there in the community at events and at networking opportunities where I'm meeting with alums. So yeah, it's definitely more of a fit because after working with the show, I couldn't go back to not engage you with the public more. I couldn't get go back to not being able to have the opportunity to get the message out there, whether yeah. it's through the podcast, whether it's through news stories, through social media, through events with alumni and community partners. It's really, it's really changed me. And like I said, it all had to do with starting on the social workers and seeing media and podcasting as a resource to connect and engage and share resources. Yeah, and it's interesting, you, you know, your role is so important here at the school. For listeners who are not familiar with me, uh, my name is Eric Hardeman. I'm on the faculty here at the School of Social Welfare at the University of Albany. So I teach in our master's program in social work, our MSW program, and in our PhD program. And I'm also currently the uh, MSW program director, so director of that master's degree in social work program. And, and those are programs that we're tremendously proud of here at the school. And so if you're a listener to the radio, to the social workers radio show, and you're curious about social work and what social work is, get in touch with us because we'd love to tell you about social work, more about the profession, more about the educational requirements and opportunities, and tell you about our program, frankly, and, and hopefully get you interested because we have a, an incredible social work program here at the school and at the university, and we would love to get you involved if you are a potential student, if you're interested in partnering with us in some way. So I've, I've been personally involved with radio since, and I said this in the episode, but I mentioned it briefly, but since I was in high school doing college radio, just as a hobby and an interest, I've always been interested in broadcast radio, um, but more from a music perspective and never had connected it with social work until Catherine and you, Alyssa, had really sort of showed me the possibilities of, of, of intersecting those two, of kind of saying, okay, I've got this hobby over here, which is college radio, and this professional identity over here, which is teaching social work practice. And maybe there's something that actually combines the two. And, and to me personally, that's what this show does. It brings together radio, podcasting, and social work education and community engagement in ways that I hadn't really thought about before. So all of this is a way of kind of reintroducing both uh, myself and Alyssa to you, the listeners, and to letting you know that we're excited about the the reboot, the new version of the social workers. We've got new music. We've got which new, is uh, the new music is you, Eric. Let's, let's bring that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't I, gonna, I wasn't gonna share that. Maybe people <laughs> won't like that. Um, but we've got new music, we've got new intros, we've got new format, we've got messages from the dean here at the school of social welfare who will be giving us regular messages. We'll have, you know, minute-long. 
uh, blips of news from faculty members and students. We'll have more students involved in the show than ever before. We'll be more globally connected with alumni and external partners than ever before. And we're just, we have lots of ideas in the pipeline, some of which came from this very episode you're about to hear. So without further ado, we're gonna play you the episode. What you'll hear next is our conversation with Catherine Zox. And welcome to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany. My name is Eric Hardiman, and I'm here with co-host Alyssa Lotmore. Welcome back, Alyssa. Hey, Eric. I'm so excited to be here today, not just because it's another show, but because we have an awesome guest who, once you introduce, everyone will know why. It is an incredibly exciting day here. This is sort of a, uh, a reboot of the show, The Social Workers, which is a show that's near and dear to both of our hearts and to hopefully lots of folks in the community as well. And it's really exciting to have with us as our special guest for this, what I like to think of as inaugural um, episode of our you know, newly rebooted show. Uh, we have with us Catherine Zox. And Catherine has decades of social work experience. She's hosted thousands of radio interviews over the years, and she is a very unique radio host. She always gets people talking. She knows the right questions to ask. She is an expert interviewer. She is producer and host of The Catherine Zox Show. She has had a roster of diverse guests in, in fields ranging from journalism, medicine, academia, mental health, and social justice. She's interviewed Brene Brown, Don Lemon, Joan London, Andrew Weil, Daniel Pink, Mariel Hemingway, Wendy Williams, and Harlan Coben, among many, many others. She has degrees from the New School of Radio and Television, a master's degree in social work from the State University at Albany, right here, the University at Albany, a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in education from Boston University as well. She's also a graduate of Abbott Academy and the Phillips Academy at Andover. Catherine Zox is a recipient of the University at Albany Alumni Association Excellence Award in Public Service and of the Straight But Not Narrow Award from the Pride Center of the Capital Region of New York. She was also a judge for the Alliance for Women in Media Gracie Awards. Her commitment to public service and awareness don't stop at the microphone. Catherine is a fierce supporter of WMHT Public Television here in Albany, National Recording Books for the Blind and Dyslexic, Planned Parenthood, the Ronald McDonald House, the New York State School Music Association, and the Human Rights Campaign. Much of the wisdom and insight that define her radio persona come from her experience raising three grown sons and traveling the world. She currently divides her time between New York City and Albany and is also, and I left this for last, the very first original host of this very show, The Social Workers on WCDV. So Catherine, uh, with that bio in mind, welcome back to The Social Workers. We're glad to have you here. Well, thanks so much, Eric and Alyssa, for having me on the show. And I know this is the 10th anniversary of the show and the beginning of a whole new era. Just one thing, Eric, in my bio, you <laughs> emphasize decades. We can leave out the decades and the decades. <laughs> uh, rest of it, very cool. I liked it. Thank you. That's great. But uh, yeah, it is a lot of decades of social work and radio. I guess 20 years in radio, Yeah. 10 years on your show. Um, and I started the show with, uh, with another uh, university uh, social work graduate, uh, um, Hillary Delinsky, and then it was Alyssa and I, and um, it was, I don't, you know, I can't exactly remember the, you know, aha moment when it was, well, oh, we should start a show, but it was like, podcasts were very few back then, 10 years ago, right? There were, I think there was one podcast at a school of social welfare that was in, uh, maybe it was Syracuse, and it Temple, I'm not sure, uh, but very few podcasts in any field. Uh, so we were 
you know, in terms of the radio so and social workers weren't really representative, uh, at least I didn't feel. Um, you never saw them much on television or any of those kinds of media. And so it was, why not? Here we have a radio station, we have this great School of Social Welfare, let's marry the two and get it yeah. together, and, and which we did. And um, it's it's been, it, it was just, uh, um, I think that you guys have done a, Fantastic job. Obviously, the show has evolved, and now you're really jumping off into a whole new era. I'd like to hear about that, actually, because you're saying you're rebooting the show after 10 years. Um, Alyssa, you said something saying that you were you're going to have some like message from the dean, faculty spotlight, those kinds of things. So, what else? What's going to make it? I guess going into the future, how different is it going to be than it has been? Well, Catherine, when you started the show, it was so exciting. You know, we were live in WCDB. We had so many guests call in and a lot of authors and well-known names. And Eric, and you can jump in at any time. We've sure. gradually shifted the show to, we still have some authors come on, but a lot of our alumni and community partners and students are involved because we really wanted to connect it to the School of Social Welfare in a way that our alumni and our community partners, like our field instructors could be, be involved and have a platform for, to share their voice uh, with the local community and beyond. And as we are at the 10 year mark, we just wanted, like we have a new intro that we, we made. We had a message from the Dean as a way to connect others to hearing what's going on at the school. We're going to have just little shifts to make it more of a way that our faculty, our dean, our students can be involved with this as we grow and change. And I would, I, I would add just real quick, Catherine, I would add that um, your example and how you started the show and sort of role modeled for both Alyssa and I how to think about and conceptualize the very notion of a social worker with a voice, a social worker uh, or, or two social workers in this case, um, you know, using a different medium, using the medium of radio and of podcasting and of, you know, now it's really a multiplicity of avenues. It's not just uh, broadcast radio, but it's podcasting. It is internet downloads. It is, you know, there, there's a whole series of different ways and using other social media like Instagram and Twitter and other ways to reach audiences, but all with that consistent idea of discussing topics of relevance to the local community, to the national community, topics related to social work, topics where social work has not always been present, but maybe needs to be present. Um, and so one of the things, the two things I would add, one is that we've always taken very seriously and continue to in our reboot, take seriously the notion of community engagement, that we really see this as a community connected program and a show that, that means a lot to the local community and can mean even more to the local community, but also one that, that even at a more local level that, that uh, provides some training opportunities for our students. So I'd really like to see our students at all levels, whether they be undergraduate students or graduate students, create podcast episodes of their own related to topics that they're learning about in the classroom. And so we see ourselves as becoming more collaborative with students in our program, showing them the value and benefit of using radio and podcasting as avenues to advocate for issues, to educate the public, to engage with the community. So, so there's, there's a lot going on, a lot of possibility, and we're also keeping things open that there may be new avenues for collaboration and new ideas that we haven't thought of yet that we want to be open to. Yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that because before before I got on the air, I was thinking about that. Um, the students, like what's going on with with the school of, with the schools, the welfare school, so school of social welfare students. In that, you guys mentoring them, but as you just mentioned. Uh, it made me think maybe it should be a requirement for the students to be on the show at one semester to have to put together an episode that that would be a requirement for graduation. I don't know if I'm starting something, but um, that, I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I uh, why love not? That idea. 
Yeah. We've got- that sort of spearheaded that sort of spearheaded with you because I began co-hosting with you in 2013. And not only did we do the show, but we began presenting about the show and its impact. And we flew down to Washington, DC and presented at the NASW National Conference on the topic of podcasts as a teaching tool and a form of advocacy. And then we had the graduate level course titled Media Savvy Social Work that was quite popular among our students. And real quickly, as we're going into the student requirement, I have a few of the testimonials that I brought up with me um, just from back in 2014. And here's a student that said, I'm honored to have been able to participate in this pilot class. As a social worker in training, I believe that learning how to present the, present the profession of social work, as well as how to effectively speak to the media and the public about social work issues is, cru is crucial. In this class, I learned how to speak with clarity and authority about topics I'm passionate about and how to listen successfully and interview others about those topics. I wasn't sure what this class was going to provide in the way of my social work education, but I was not disappointed. So it's just, and there's, I have multiple testimonials like this. So going to what you're saying, you started to have us think about how do we have students engage more? And that's what we've been trying to do these past few years is that exact thing. How do we get students more involved learning these skills to be able to get that information out there in a clear and concise manner? And I love I your, your idea, Catherine, of making it structural, of building yeah. it into the curriculum is really a wonderful one. And one that I'll take back to the faculty and have some discussions about that, because I think that's that's a really nice you know way, way to challenge students and give them a learning opportunity. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I mean, just listening to that testimonial, because I do remember when Alyssa and I were doing that class, I mean, initially the first day with these, I don't wanna say, with the new students, I mean, they, they were afraid. I mean, they were really shy about speaking in class and putting together whatever their, the assignment was. And, and then by the end, uh, they were so excited about it. I mean, they were so into it. And I think it's just, uh, I think it's a great, marriage between communication, social work, I think, because I know, and I wanted to ask you guys this too. I mean, we've had you know, a catastrophic global pandemic and social workers are very much involved in that. And I think also it's critical in terms of how social workers uh, connect with, as you say, with, with each other, with the community, with the university, uh, and that we can make a mark as social workers in terms of how this pandemic plays out. I don't know if that's something you wanted to discuss on the show, but I think that's critical as well. I mean, there are all, there are new issues and, you know, it's been 10 years. Um, Absolutely. We have the pandemic, we have the Me Too movement, all yep. that we have all of those kinds of issues are are critical and issues that social workers i mean we're right in the trenches with that and one of the things that's so fascinating about what you're saying i could not agree more first of all catherine um that the time we're in right now culturally socio-politically all of it, it it really the time is here and the Time is here for social workers to get involved with finding a voice, whatever that voice might be. I wonder if, you know, just listening to you, I was wondering aloud and thinking about it and trying to theorize, you know, conjecture in my head a bit about why social workers might be nervous at the beginning. And I think one of the potential explanations, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, is that social work has tended to, in the past, really emphasize the, you know, some of the notions of humility and of hard work and of kind of putting your, your nose down to the grindstone and doing the work that needs to be done as a social worker, but not necessarily um, tooting your own horn or not necessarily getting involved in the public square, that that, that has not always been taught in our educational training, but historically, social workers, you know, all the way back to Harry Hopkins. And, you know, I mean, there are social workers who have been in public office and social workers who, uh, you know, have really been part of the public discourse. And, and I wonder if there's a way to think about, you know, how do we motivate a new set of students to not only do the hard work of social work practice, but to also find ways to articulate the ideas built into social work practice in a public sphere. I think that's a great, that is a great, I don't know if that's a question, but, Eric, <laughs> but it is, 
a, a different way of presenting ourselves is what I hear you saying. Like we have mm -hmm. to be, in, in a sense, we're performers as well. Um, you know, we, we are we are out there, and in the past ten years, because of social media, we're out there more. We are performing Instagram, whatever it is, Twitter, uh, Facebook. So we've we are in the public arena in a very different way, and we have to do it in a very responsible way. And we have to know how to do it because there are ways of doing it. There's good social media, and there's terrible social media, and we right. are a part of that. And so, how do we? How do we get out there? And how do we get out there in that public way? I'm using the word performer, but you know, communicators, uh, whatever word you want to put in there, but we, we have to maybe, I don't want to say get rid of that humbleness. Humble, be, uh, that's a good quality, but we have to add these other qualities to the mix. I and like Catherine, that. Catherine, you used to always say to the students when we were in the class, that we have a lot of these skills that make us good communicators because we're social workers. A lot of our core skills as social workers, the active listening, the being able to engage and clarify and build rapport with individuals are key in interviewing individuals and being able to get our message across. So that was always something that stood out and I think helped relax some individuals before they were going to do their own podcast as the students were, were navigating that is to say, hey, I do have some skills that I are innate to me as a social worker, as a social work student that can help me in this area. Exactly. And I think we've been taught to be non-judgmental, to be, as you say, we listen and then, then we react and we engage our clients and engage our patients. And I think today, because the topics are so volatile, you know, it's us and them and those kinds of things. And we're used to dealing with those kinds of situations with us and them kind of issues and being mm -hmm. able to get people to, collab to uh, collaborate with one another. And so I think we have a big responsibility, whether, and I'm heavy into this uh, anti-vax, I'm a vaxxer, not an anti-vaxxer, but I think that's a huge issue and one that social workers are starting to get involved with. Um, so um, it's sort of, this, this is what we're all about and we do it really well. So why not do it? Why not get out there? You've been listening to The Social Workers on WCDB Albany. We'll be right back after this important announcement. Hello, this is Lynn Warner. I'm the Dean at the School of Social Welfare. There's been a lot to celebrate here this fall. We've welcomed close to 400 returning and new students to our BSW, MSW, and PhD programs. Our faculty and staff continue to advance equity-focused research projects and courses. Two projects in particular are aimed at improving services in rural areas of Albany County. Professor Vicki Rizzo is leading a project funded by the Mother Cabrini Foundation to help connect residents of rural areas of Albany County who receive home-delivered meal programs with other health and social care needs. Professor Carmen Morano, with a colleague at the School of Public Health, has been funded by the New York State Health Foundation to co-lead an evaluation study of a new mental health crisis response model being used in Albany County's hill towns. To learn more about these projects and everything else that is happening at the School of Social Welfare, please visit our website at albany.edu backslash SSW or follow us on social media at UAlbanySSW. So if, you, if you've just tuned in, I just want to remind folks that we are talking today here on The Social Workers with Catherine Zox, who is a nationally recognized radio host, produces The Catherine Zox Show from here in New York. And I would like to ask you, Catherine, could you tell us, you know, I want to go back in your history a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey into social work? We'd like to always ask folks about, our guests who are social workers, ask them about, you know, what was your entry into the social work profession? How did you find out about it? And then I'm really also just incredibly interested in how you got involved in radio at the first time. How, what was your entry into the radio world? Okay, now, Eric, you got me. I have to go back decades. I have no choice, <laughs> right? It's decades ago. That's okay. And 
Yeah, okay, I will start. I will tell you, I initially, I was uh, married to my ex-husband and we were, and I, I had started law school, went to law school for about three weeks and then decided to get married and go back into the Peace Corps with him in Columbia, South America, which I did. So lived in Columbia uh, for six months, came back to the United States with the intention of perhaps going back to law school. And then I decided, you know, it's not law school that I wanna do. I wanna do something related to counseling, to social work. My mother was a social worker. Um, so I was familiar with social workers and what they do. And I decided to enroll in a counseling program at Boston University and got my master's degree in counseling. And uh, that was a two year degree program. And then moved to New Jersey, got a job in hospital social work, even though I had a master's degree in counseling. So I really was engaged in the social work pro uh, profession, even though my degree was not in social work. Um, and most of my social work, clinical social work was always in hospital, which I always liked. I, and mm. some of it was in probation, and but most of it was in hospital social work. And uh, I had found my niche. I mean, this is what I love to do. But I also, at the same time, was always, I was in theater. I was uh, at, at the same, you know, community theater, those kinds of things. Uh, when I started, I got in, then I got another degree at the university at Albany in social work. So I had two sort of social work degrees. And, but it was always simultaneously with liking, we're talking about performance a little while ago, liking to perform. I like to do both. I like to be on camera. I did commercials. I did uh, local community theater and all, all those kinds of things and, and uh, mixed, decided to, to sort of mix the two, like you can perform and use, and do, and use your social work skills at the same time. Um, I think one of the things that I did um, in Albany was uh, for two years, uh, children's theater. And we used to do children's theater in communities around the Albany area for kids uh, who would never get to see a show, who would never go to theater. And I'm not talking about Broadway theater. I'm just talking about the opportunity to go to any theater. Mm -hmm. So we would get uh, local young talent to write the shows and then we would perform the show. So that's sort of combining those two skills and it's, and it, it, um, I guess it snowballed from there. Well, Catherine, I, I love how you said, uh, the theater piece, because I remember when I was first going to co-host with you, I was like, can you give me any tips? And you're, you're like, well, look into the mirror, just like you're performing and say things with a smile because it changes your energy when you're, even if no one can see you and you were giving me all these theater tips that would translate to, you know, being able to be on the radio with you. Yeah. Well, you, and you're the talent, you have the talent. Oh, you have the face and the voice. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, what I heard in your response, Catherine, also was a really wonderful example of the blending of social work, uh, a social work perspective and creativity and the use of creativity in the arts, whether it be theater, radio, television, um, I think there's a really unique and interesting intersection there. Um, I wonder if you've thought about that much about sort of how creativity and the expression in the arts might intersect with social work practice. I think the idea as you're talking is connection. Both of those, you connect with people. I mean, as opposed to, let's say, sitting behind a desk and doing IT work with a computer, maybe that's a 180 from that, right? But as social workers, we like to connect to people. We want to connect. And in the theater, or it's the same way in terms of communicating. You want to connect to people. There's slightly, there are different ways of doing it, but there's that wanting to, to and there's wanting to make a difference in people's lives, I mm. think, individuals' mm. lives. And that, you know, very, which is very similar. Yeah, I, I, it's, they are connected. The word connection keeps coming up in my mind anyway. Well, and it's so fascinating. You mentioned the pandemic. I mean, that's, you know, sort of one of the, I believe, I mean, I'm looking into the future here, but one of the after effects, when we, when we talk about long-term after effects of the past 18 months to two years, I think is going to be how we look at that notion of connection. What does it mean to be socially connected to other people? How do we spend our time? Who do we connect with? How do we 
you know, live a life that is connected and engaged and meaningful and not isolated and alone and, you know, not connected as, as, as the alternative. And I have this question for both of you, like um, COVID, the pandemic, the year of quarantine, how did that affect you? How did that affect your connections with clients and the way in which you connected with them? Because I think everything changed and is changing and it's not going to going back to normal. This is what I don't like to use the expression. It's kind of, but the new normal or whatever you want to call it, because if it's not going to be this virus, it's going to be more of other viruses. This is, this is just going to be a way of life for us, which impacts us and affects the social work community, our clients, et cetera, all of that. Alyssa, do you want to start? Well, first, I just want to say, I love how Catherine still asks questions, even as a guest. I love how that's still like that innate uh, response to still ask us questions. Um, I think as social workers, we we adjusted. And even as the a, a school of social welfare, we just started to think out of the box a little bit more. And I think some of those changes will stay. Uh, for that connection. And I like how you talked about theater. So the field department partnered with our theater department and they had theater alums and students as actors for our social work students in field who couldn't go into their agency setting as a way to help them build relationships with these actors, but who were supposed to be clients Mm -hmm. and be able to develop still those social work skills. So I think for us, it's been, how do we have these innovative changes and think outside the box to still establish connections, to still be able to learn and use those social work skills in a way that is a little bit different. Um, and even for the theater department, uh, we're still using that collaboration, even though students are able to go into their internships now, because it was such a meaningful and valuable tool to both the theater students and to the social work students. And similarly, in, in terms of teaching in the classroom, I think you know the whole university has responded, and I think in a just a wonderfully engaged and creative way. But um, speaking for the school on, you know, and I probably shouldn't, but speaking on behalf of the School of Social Welfare, I think our faculty and instructors have re- responded just incredibly well and learned to use the technology and learned to embrace the potential of online education. So things like, for instance, in a clinical social work practice class, students can now, you know, maybe they could have done this before, but the technology wasn't quite as much at our fingertips, but now they can um, they can do role plays right on Zoom and, and tape record those, video record those and share those for feedback with other students and with instructors. There are, you know, small group possibilities using Zoom. There are, there, there's just sort of endless possibilities with the technology that we had not really embraced prior to the pandemic. So for me, that's been one of the real positives is the, the fear of technology and the lack of experience with technology dissipated because we all had to embrace this new technology. Um, yeah, and I think that, that that's happened in other fields as well. That's why I was asking you the question. Yeah. Telemedicine, for instance, you know, doctors now you can have a 15-minute meeting without having to take two hours to get through their office and sit there and leave your work, and et cetera. But it's the same with social workers. Are you doing or are social workers going to be doing uh, counseling, it, it, like Zoom calls? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our students are already doing that in field placements. They're doing telehealth and telecounseling. And that, that's absolutely. In fact, you know, last year, most of the students that I was teaching in my clinical social work class were, you know, almost all of them had some element of telecommunications with their clients. So they were doing some work remotely using Zoom or other tech, similar technologies. And so they're far more experienced at that type of social work than I am because my social work practice was many years ago prior to this technology. So they, they can teach me about, you know, how do you connect with someone and build rapport with, with a client using a technology like Zoom? And so the students have been really wonderful about teaching me in that regard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I mean, technology, they're using tech, which we didn't use. And 
and also the ability to communicate, I, I don't wanna call it acting, but to be able to do a presentation in a very different way, as you say, than it, when it's virtual. Yeah. And yeah, and, and you, you, you wanna have the same effect as you do if you're seeing them in person, but the techniques are different. And it's, you know, I, I'll speak for Alyssa and I on this, on the radio show, uh, on the social workers, it's enabled us to be much more nimble and to get guests like yourself on the show quickly, because we can all agree to a time and be on Zoom together and we don't have to get parking and get people up to the radio station. And, and while we love being live on the air at the radio station, there's, there's a certain nimble aspect to being able to set something up and an hour later you're talking to people around the world on a zoom call um and, and we're able to get guests more guests and sort of amplify and and maybe accelerate um the process of setting up podcast episodes which is really nice and also i was thinking eric if you have guests for instance i know this is true on my show you might have guests with disabilities who could never mm. get to get to a, a a clinic or to be able to see you in person now it doesn't matter. They don't have to, or they can be blind or they can be, or whatever the issues are. Absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. and they can be home. I think that's, you know, that's a real advantage. It's definitely caused us to think outside the box. And I'm really grateful for, uh, it allowed us to be able to push ourselves to levels that we might not have gone before and explore new options that are really great in how to, you know, interact with others that I'm glad can stay. Now, this is the 10-year anniversary, so I, I do have a question, like, in terms of the students yeah. who are at the School of Social Welfare. What do you see? Differences? Millennials? I'm sure there are many more, obviously, many more millennials there were than 10 years ago. So what is the difference in the student population um, besides just the demographics, but what, what they want from social work or what they want from you? Boy, that's a great question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to toss to Alyssa here for a second, then I'll share my perspective afterwards. What do you think, Alyssa? I think it's definitely changed over the 10 years. I mean, I've been here 10 years, but I started working here right when I began doing the radio show with you. And I think it's definitely changed in terms of more students interested in the advocacy piece, that macro piece. Mm. I believe, I think just with everything that's been going on in the country and the world, more individuals wanting to get involved on making that change uh, at the, the larger level, the political level. And I feel that students are really engaged in wanting to get the most out of their education. Not that it wasn't before, but I feel that students are a lot more vocal about it and what they're hoping to get out of their education and the opportunities that they might be able to have here as a student. But Eric, you can tell me if I'm completely off on that or I think <laughs> you have anything else to I, add. I think you're right on track, Alyssa. I mean, I would add a few things. I would say, um, you know, some of these changes have been taking place over time, over decades. Um, you know, I've been here 20 years, so I, I've seen lots of changes in our student body and sort of the type of students that come to our social work program. But I think the last four to five years have just been really, truly remarkable in the changes I've seen. And I would characterize them like this. Students who are, and, and this is one dimension of the change. This is not the whole change that I've seen in the student body, but students who have made the decision to, to seek a, prof a professional career in social work, not for uh, financial reasons, not for career reasons, but because for a, for a variety of reasons, they truly want to make a difference in the community. They, they no longer want, and we see this in, in all areas of the economy, I think right now too in our country, that people are no longer willing to work jobs that are substandard. They're no longer willing to work jobs, you know, either where they don't get paid enough or where they, they simply don't enjoy the work and don't find meaning in the work. And so I think our students are much more um, assertive about finding a a path into social work that means something personal to them, that they want to be engaged in social change efforts. I think post George Floyd and with the Black Lives Matter movement in this country, we see an increasing number of students who are committed to social justice principles, 
who are committed to anti-racism efforts, who, you know, have really, uh, you know, are committed to police reform. They're committed to community change. They're committed to macro and policy change. They, um, I mean, I, we have students that are so engaged, so excited and so motivated to be part of the solution in our country um, that, that it gives me hope. <laughs> and and I, w I wouldn't say that was always the case. 10 or 15 years ago, we, we had students interested in private practice. We had students interested in being good clinicians and certainly helping individuals. I didn't see quite as much passion for social justice reform and for, you know, environmental advocacy and environmental justice, economic justice. I mean, there's a whole, a whole explosion of different um, dimensions and realms which social work students are interested in. And, and to me, that's just, it's so exciting. And they have the tools to do it now. We, we, you know, we touched on that. I mean, you have social media, you have the tools to be able to get there, as you say, not just in the community at large becomes a, a global community. They mm. can connect. I'm not surprised at what both of you are saying about more interest in, in macro uh, sociology, macro social work, because we have the tools to do that. We can affect the community, our community, the Albany community, but also the whole world. We, you know, we can have that global impact and your, uh, the topics that you're talking about um, and climate change. I want to add that one as well. Yes, yes. Really well put, Catherine. So again, if you've just tuned in, we're talking with Catherine Zox, who is an alum of the University at Albany School of Social Welfare. She is the originator of this very show, The Social Workers, and we're just incredibly honored to have her here. She's also producer and current host of The Catherine Zox Show, her own uh, her own show. And so I wanted to ask you, Catherine, can you bring us up to date on your show? What's been happening with your show the past five or six years and particularly the past two years, but where, where it's been and where it's headed and sort of what your goals are for it. And well, my show also, I think has evolved and changed in certain ways. You mentioned some of the guests that I've had on the show. Yes, I've had celebrities and yes, I do have celebrities, but I think my show has become more topic driven. I really got maybe like your students, I'm interested in the same topics they are. And there are people out there doing all kinds of incredible work. And I want them on the show. Yet many of them, yes, they may be a New York Times bestselling author, but it's really the topics that I'm interested in. For instance, during COVID, I could do my show, I didn't have to stop, I was doing the show uh, uh, in the same way, um, technically that I did it before COVID. But I don't know if you know the name. Well, for instance, Erwin Ir Redlener, Dr. Erwin, mm -hmm. do you know him? Anyway, yeah. he wrote a book and he was on MSNBC at least <clears throat> two or three times a week telling us, giving us information about COVID. I had him on my show. I was interested in what he had to say, uh, not necessarily because he was on MSNBC every night, but he is one of the experts on COVID. So it's those kinds of things. And I every on my show, I would have the same perhaps guest uh, that I traditionally had, but COVID became a part at, at the end of the show, say the last 10 or 15 minutes, we would talk about how COVID impacted their work, what they were doing, uh, how they were doing it or not being able to do it. So I brought in what was actually happening at the moment to us as a community, as a country, well, as, as a, a global community. Mm -hmm. um, and that was different than what I had done before COVID. That's well, one that's example. That's exciting. Yeah. And, and what, what, what about the future? Where do you see, you know, how, how do you, I mean, do you see it expanding outwards or what, what, are, what are the next big uh, pieces for you with the show? Well, I think with the show, I have, and maybe, I, Alyssa and I had talked about this 10 years ago, but I've been doing a radio show uh, for 20 years. And I've learned, <clears throat> I mean, I, I've talked to, I think you mentioned that also in the intro in the beginning. I mean, I've talked to thousands of people. It's like my sister-in-law said, you, you like have a, an encyclopedia there, every single <laughs> all this information that you get. And it's true. Who has the opportunity to talk to thousands of people, uh, you know, in, in 20 years? Not many. Um, so selfishly, I want to continue that. And I hope it's good for me, but it's also good for the community. 
But I'd also, I've been thinking about maybe honing in on one particular issue and making that the theme of the show. I, I can't say what issue yep, or yep, I, yep. I don't even know, but you know, you're asking me the question that's sort of been in the back of my mind, doing a show yeah. that really focuses on one issue that I think obviously is important that I would like to make an impact. Well, and it's so interesting right now, you know, when you, when you mentioned topics and issues, we're also in a, you know, possibly a golden era of podcasts. I mean, podcasts are, from what I gather, uh, more popular than ever. And people, you know, listen to true crime podcasts, podcasts, or they listen to news podcasts or opinion podcasts. They listen to science podcasts. And, and folks are getting a lot of their knowledge and information and or entertainment uh, from the podcast medium. And so I think there's a, you know, a really interesting opportunity and and observation that I have, which is that, that that we're all part of this blossoming of, you know, communication spread, if you will, and expansion. Um, and so I, I guess this is not so much a question, it's just an observation that that both your show and our show here at WCDB fits somewhere in that continuum of, you know, um, expanded voices out in the public sphere increased engagement with communities, trying to talk about topics and explore topics in a way that is not superficial, but that offers something really in-depth and interesting for folks. And Eric, I was thinking about that right before when you asked me to be on the show, because then I looked up podcasts. And did I mention this? I mean, there are 2 million podcasts in the world wow. today wow. with four, 48 million episodes. And this particular website that I went to broke it down from, you know, United States, Canada, Australia. So we're talking about millions and millions of episodes. And I thought, well, what makes my show different? And I thought, well, I'll ask Alyssa and, and Eric, what makes your show different? What makes our shows different? Or how can they be different? Or what, what can we offer that's different than the other 2 million podcasts? <laughs> That is a great question. I'm Alyssa, do you want to start off again? Oh, you're throwing it to me, I see. I'm, I'm stumped. <laughs> no, I, I, I was thinking the same thing too, because I was talking to another social worker who does a podcast and our shows are completely different. And I'm like, well, how does each, how does so many people have podcasts? And I think for the social workers, as you, when you started the show, Catherine, you had students involved as well. And we tried to enhance that uh, and having more students involved in different ways and really capture that and our community partners and our alumni. And I think we tried to have that local connection in terms of expertise. So giving people that platform to, they might not be the, you know, the spokesperson for their agency, but they're working and they're, they're, they're the people who are on the front lines that we try to have on and sometimes share information, share their expertise from their perspective. And then that information gets spread to so many different people. We have get our listeners for in the United States all over, and then some in other countries. I'd like to know who those people are, because I always see the stats and they're like, Australia's listening and someone in Africa. I'm like, who are these people? Um, so definitely send us a note if you're one of them. But we're really trying to use this as, and I think that's what makes our show different, we don't always have guests on that are the, you know, the expert or the author. We sometimes have people on who are students learning and sharing their experience. We have people on who are alumni who started this new non local nonprofit and they want to share their story and about their, uh, their agency and the resources that they provide. So I think that's what makes us a little different is that connection to community and giving people a platform and sort of having it as an educational tool, as well as a mode to get information out to the public. So I think that's a little bit different for our show. Yeah, I think that's true. And I've listened to, uh, I haven't listened to 2 million podcasts, but I have listened to many podcasts. And some of them are, frankly, don't compare to your show or my show. And they're not necessarily even worth listening to, even though there are millions of them out there. I think also one of the differences, including both of our shows, is you know, it's credible information. There's a lot of credible information and there's disinformation. Mm -hmm. And there's, I think in some ways there's more disinformation, which I know you guys try and I try not to have on the show. I wanna have good and credible information. Another piece uh, which 
is a little bit different than, than uh, the social worker show is that I will have, and I'm having one of my guests tomorrow, for instance, uh, the topic of caregiving, which is a big topic for social workers, right? Yeah. So there's a, uh, she's an author, she's also a performer, and she was uh, involved, her husband was involved in an airplane accident, and he survived the accident, it was on a private plane, but he was, you know, he became incontinent, and uh, he had the mind of a seven-year-old, and the expectation was she was going to have to take care of him there in their 40s for the rest of their lives. Their marriage wasn't good before the uh, accident. And now here she found herself with this moral dilemma and how she handled it. Very interesting story. Okay, so wow. she's sort of the recipient of the people that we would see for counseling. And in this particular case, her social worker was very, very supportive of her and what her final decision was to whether stay with the father of her children or not, or what do you do? So um, I thought that would those kinds of, I have those kinds of um, individuals on the show as well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think your original questions are really, uh, I mean, that's a fascinating, I want to listen. So I, I'm, I've got to make sure and get the link, Catherine, because that sounds like such an incredibly interesting uh, episode that you're yeah. talking about. Um, but your, your question about what makes our show unique, boy, you, you really did stump me a little bit. And Alyssa, <laughs> thank you for articulating that. In my mind, uh, part of what has made the show unique has been the um, the blending of broadcast radio and podcasting. So some and some of that is just pl a platform issue, but has been that we are still connected to broadcast radio, and you know, which some will argue is a dying medium. Um, I will argue it's it's, not, it's, it's still it's still alive and vital today. I agree with you. I don't think it's dying. I agree with both of you. And and I think it plays an important role in our communities and always will. Um, I've been doing just to let you know. And, and so I'm I don't want to say how old I am. I'm I'm getting up there. But I've been doing college radio since I was in high school. <laughs> so for a long time, I mean, that's, uh, I should add up the number of years, but I've been doing some form of college radio, not always talk show, sometimes just, you know, as a musical DJ, but for many, many, many years been involved in college radio. So that as a medium is something that's really important to me personally. But I think our show, you know, by blending broadcast radio and podcast as, as media, I think we um, have sort of tried to bridge the gap between the local community and a broader, more expansive community, whether that's national or global. However, in, in articulating this aloud, you know, I'm not sure, I don't know if that makes us unique. I don't know how many other programs are doing that. But one of the things, and I haven't even talked to Alyssa, my, you know, just superb co-host about this, but, you know, that I'd really like to challenge ourselves and push into in the future, and would love to hear your thoughts on too, Catherine, is how do we, any of us, produce content through the radio and podcast, you know, radio talk shows and podcasts related to social work that can truly bridge, you know, the local, the state, the national, and the global? What, what are the ways that we can connect those dots for listeners to have, have shows that are of interest to a global audience all the way down to the micro level neighborhood audience here at the university? And, and I don't know that that's you know, a pipe dream, maybe it is a pipe dream, but, but I, I wonder if there's ways that we can improve on our connection between those multiple audiences. Do you get, and I think you do though, uh, to answer maybe a little bit of your question, like you have, or we have as alumni of uh, UAlbany, you have people all over the world who are engaged in issues or topics that social workers are interested in. Those people should be on the show. They connect, mm -hmm. first of all, the university, plus they, you have people, and I, repeating myself, but they're everywhere. They should be on the show to make the local connection, the community and the global connection. And they're out there big time and have done amazing kinds of things. Um, so starting with alumni, that's a, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing I thought, something that you said reminded me, when they're advertising this, well, I, am I allowed, I don't, 
advertising, I'm not supposed to say advertising, but let's just say when you're presenting the university uh, or students are looking online to decide what school of social welfare they want to go to, is your show on the, they're not, is it online? Is it, this is what we have to offer? This is another piece of the program? It absolutely is, but it, it probably is not highlighted as much as we need it to be. So yeah. I think that, that's a great suggestion too. Yeah, We are hoping to do that a little bit more. So that's one of the, uh, when you asked the initial question about the reboot, that is one of the things that we are hoping to do is really have this as something that's known for the University at Albany School of Social Welfare, because the students who have been involved with the show really have been impacted by it. I remember it was like three years ago when I was playing trivia at a, a place in Albany and a student, um, a former student, I didn't know who, I didn't remember who they were, but they were sitting on the other team and they came over and they said, I took your media class. It was one of the best things that I ever did. I learned the skills I used to be able to communicate and get my message out there when advocating and get my message out there to other clients and people that I'm talking about our programs. It was just so valuable to me. And I was like, wow, it was completely out of the blue. So I'd like to be able to highlight the show and the educational features of the show uh, more to prospective students as well. Yeah, because uh, let's face it, the football team, which is great, is highlighted. Everybody knows the football team, and that's right. uh, <laughs> so. Why not the you know the social the social workers show? Yeah, no, I, and maybe it goes back to that comment about humility amongst social workers that we yeah. don't always you know self advertise and we don't always promote our own products, and and I think that's really important. So it's a good a good point, Catherine. And you're doing it for the greater good. Yeah. Well, like yeah. you were the one who came up when we were sitting there at the NASW conference, the public is the client. That's where we, you know, sort of came up with that idea and how we wanted to communicate that because it's true. The public is the client. How do we continue to reach individuals who might never have considered seeing or using a social worker? And how do we get students involved in that process and alums involved in that process? And I think the radio show is the wonderful platform to be able to get that message out there and to get faculty research out there to individuals who might not read journal articles, but they listen to a podcast and then become more aware of what is going on in our field and the, the new treatment models and, and things that are coming out. So, and I would say what's going on in the field, but what's going on in the world and how are we a part of that is social workers, the big topics. I mean, we touched on the big topics, right? The Me Too movement, uh, right. Black Lives Matter, climate change, all of those, you could pick five of them or 10 of them. And then how are social workers impacting those issues, both at the university, in the community uh, and globally? And then you can pick people would people love to, you know, I, I think that people love to talk and they have most. And so they're glad to be on the show and especially, a, you know, a, a show that has legitimacy, legitimacy, that's part of a university. Um, I think you'd be hard put not to be able to find people who could and social workers who could address all of these top 10 issues. Well, Catherine, you, you have really um, sparked some ideas in my head today. And, and like I said, you're um, your guidance and vision and, you know, sort of inspiration from the beginning of this show 10 years ago is just really remarkable. And, you, you know, you laid the groundwork for this to be, um, you know, continuing at all, much less into a reboot now. <laughs> so thank you for all of your inspiration over the years. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And I think it's great. And it makes me feel really good, obviously, that it's there's a reboot, but it's also an evolution. And uh, I mean, you're doing great work. It's it's terrific. It's great. And then I had one quote I wanted to, you know, I don't usually like quotes. I see, you know, I always say, well, maybe that's cheesy, but there's, <laughs> but I don't care. Even if it is, I'm going to say it because it sort of reminded me of social workers, what we should be doing, but it was by the author of uh, the little prince. We all had to read that in high school. Mm. I think, or at least I did. Um, your task is not to foresee the future, but to enable it. And I think that's what we want to do as, as social workers. Yeah, to imagine the possible and to figure out how to get there. Exactly. Yeah, but Catherine, I want to thank you so much, not only for coming on, but for starting the show here at the university. It has 
completely changed everything that I've done. I think since I started being involved with that, because I started looking at everything differently after interviewing guests and seeing a different platform on how do we get our message out there. I was one of those students who was completely micro, micro focus, micro focus. And then I started being involved with the show when I came here and just being able to get our message out and having people call and say, oh, I heard about this resource on the radio show. And I'm like, oh, people listen to that and seeing how that could impact others in our community and make change it really inspired me. And that's what I've been focusing on since. I start is how do we continue to get our message out there? How do we continue to reach individuals who might never have considered seeing or using a social worker? How do we get students and our alumni comfortable in sharing their expertise and feeling yeah. that they can get that message out there in a clear and concise way that the general public will understand and engage with? So I want to thank you for really bringing the show and letting me come on as a co-host and helping, giving me the tools to help with this reboot, you know, giving me the, the inspiration of, Hey, we started a class. We presented at the NASW conference. We wrote um, articles about the social workers radio talk show and the impact. And that all played a role and built on each other the past several years that I've been trying to, you know, now with Eric bring to the, you know, more of the community and make this more involved. Well, Alyssa, that, that does it for me. That's great. I mean, I thank you for sharing that. <laughs> it was all worth it or is it all worth it. And uh, I think just that little speech you just gave was um, very heartwarming for me. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, so for listeners, uh, we've been, as I said, we've been interviewing here on The Social Workers. We've been talking with Catherine Zox, who produce, produces and hosts The Catherine Zox Show. Catherine, where can listeners find you? Thank you. Uh, the Catherine Zock, my website, which it took years, probably the past four years to do or to complete, thecatherinezockshow.com. If you just go to that website, you can listen to all my shows, all my past shows. You can make suggestions. If somebody wants to be on the show, uh, you can connect with me. So it's just thecatherinezockshow.com. You can also listen to it on Voice America, but... Um, Connect with me first, thecatherinezockshow.com. And it's Catherine with a Y. Cat, you know, Catherine is spelled many different ways. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Z-O-X. Yes, right. exactly. Great. Thank you so much for being our guest today. And, and again, if you've just tuned in, Catherine was the original host of The Social Workers here on WCDB Albany 10 years ago. And, and we're just excited to have reached 10 years and we're excited to push uh, forward into the next however many years with our reboot. And um, it's, it's just a great time to be doing this. Great. Thanks, guys. Great being on the show today. So thanks for tuning in to The Social Workers. Alyssa, do you uh, want to appoint uh, listeners to our, um, our information on the internet? Yes, you can always find all our episodes on our website, the social workers radio talk show simplecast.fm, but just really follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we're at social workers FM. And you can always find us using search engines. If you do the social workers radio show, uh, you will find us and you'll find episodes. And I, I think we're on Apple podcasts and lots of, lots of other play iTunes places to find us. Uh, if you use those technologies, they, they are out there. So thank you once again, Catherine Zox, for being our special guest today. Thank you, Alyssa, for co-hosting. And we will see you next time on The Social Workers here on WCDB Albany.